it's 7 o'clock at night, that's right, 1900 hours, and you're listening to the Polo Sargero Show, where the heat is on and we educate our community through interviews with professionals. Welcome back, folks, for another episode of the Polo Sargero Show. We will be here until 9 o'clock this evening. Uh, to start our show, we have uh, Attleboro City Councilor Todd Kobus in, and then from uh, from about 8... Uh, what time was she coming in? Uh, 8 to 8.30, we'll have Lori Drucker in, uh, talk about the uh, Keep Atterborough Beautiful um, campaign that they have when they clean up the city and whatnot. But for uh, for the first hour, we'll have Atterborough City Councilor, who is in here right now. Todd, how are you? Outstanding. And yourself, thanks for having me, Paul. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. Um, we, we had a... Oh, go ahead. With that intro, I, I'm not sure about professional. <laughs> <laughs> um so we had an election, obviously. A lot of stuff uh, uh, changed and happened. Some history was made. What was kind of uh, your take? Were you surprised at any of the uh, the campaign, re- the election results, Any uh, whether it be statewide, citywide, or, or, nat- or uh, th- at the federal level? It all sort of worked out the way... The way I was expecting, the way uh, on a federal level they, it was being predicted, um, you know, the... Democrats took control of the House, Republicans gained a couple seats in the Senate, and and so forth. So there weren't a lot of surprises along the way. Um, With that said, locally, um, in Friends and whatnot, we we make our predictions, and there there might be a little betting going on. But... uh, I was I was surprised to see Ty Waterman win, and because looking at the signs and and whatnot, and in my mind, I I was imagining John Davis winning. Um, Friends with with both candidates, and and happy to see Ty win, and that that's great. It'll be fun to work with them. Uh, But that was that was a little bit of a surprise to me. Yeah, Um, yeah, I I thought so. uh, I thought so too, and then I was like, you know what? Well, he came <coughs> off uh, the state rep race too, so he had an election. But John Davis had just been w- so well known in the right, community, exactly. so that was kind of. Yeah. I said, you know what? I said, either way, I felt like those two were going to be the closest in terms of votes. Oh, and, and the results didn't come out until after midnight last night. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I work at. Uh, I wake up at four thirty for work, and uh, I stayed up until maybe like eleven thirty, eleven forty-five. I was like, no, stop! I'm going to bed. Like <laughs> I have to be up yeah. in a few hours. But uh, woke up. I checked the uh, the news and saw all the um, the results. Um, as f- and as far as the state rep between yeah. you know Julie and Jim Hawkins, yeah, and that was. I wasn't overly surprised. Um, friendly with with both of the yeah both of them and um, yeah, there's one person has to win. Yeah, I was surprised at the margin. I didn't think the margin was going to be uh, quite so much as right. it was. Yeah. Uh, at the state level, we had uh, the ballot one that did not pass, and then mm-hmm. the uh, uh, question one and question two and three did <coughs> did pass. Correct. Uh, so those those were interesting to see. Um, and then some of the uh, the fun kind of fun facts, like if our listeners are listening, obviously, um, we had the the most women elected to uh, to Congress this nationally. Past, uh, yeah, well, it that's was, great. It was well, o- of course over ninety. Over ninety of them were. Uh, Elected. That's and, great. And there's one congresswoman, uh, Cortez, her last name, Alexandria, I think, is her first, uh, out of New York. She was one of the youngest ones. She was 29 years old that was uh, elected in New York. Wow. Yeah, 29 Congress. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot of uh, Florida just also passed. Uh, the felons, they gave uh, their, their ability to, 
to vote now, which was uh, like 1.5 million individuals that, that restored their voting rights. Uh, and so, so it was also uh, Missouri, and Michi- uh, Missouri and Michigan, they legalized, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, marijuana, for this, this, uh, medical marijuana. Sure, sure. So they legalized that. So those were some of the things that I found interesting that happened this past election. But uh, it was weird because some, it, I always think it's weird like when some of these news places are like, oh, this is all the results. I'm like, how do you guys get all the results and we're still waiting like after 12 o'clock for it? But, uh, well, but I co- think that was a little bit of a, an anomaly last night with all the early voting here in Annabelle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, uh, and, and I'm sure we'll learn over time and be able to process those ballots faster yeah. next time. But, yeah, that w- it was a little bit of an anomaly. And most of the other cities within the, the Commonwealth only had a single ballot, whereas Attleboro had yeah, the two ballots. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it was a little little bit of extra effort yeah that was my first time really voting that was my first time going in there that was an experience um i always i like to go in day of and there's something fun and yeah uh, about the community of that that's how i'm always like that but then when someone's like oh early vote i'm like you know what i haven't been i was around city hall anyway so i was like i'll swing by and just do this mm-hmm. but after that I'm probably you know i'll stick to a, the election day just because what you just said it's i don't know there's it's, something about it Absolutely. And having served overseas and, and seen voting in Iraq and Afghanistan, yeah, it's I take a lot of pride in, yeah. in that. How is what's that process like when you're? Uh, is it just like a regular absentee ballot you're you're doing when you're overseas? And when it's yes, voting? yeah, yeah, yep. cool, good stuff. Um, we have speaking of overseas, we have uh, you mentioned earlier that there's a, a veterans event happening this coming. Uh, Correct. On Sunday at 11 a.m. on North Main Street at the World War One Memorial Bridge, there'll be a Veterans Day ceremony there. Um, should be great, and I encourage everybody to show up if, if they're interested. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Veterans Day event. We have the election. Uh, we're going to... Uh, you mentioned I saw earlier. I'm just trying we, to. We both looked at the clock at the same time, like, "Oh, we're gonna tear through these uh, topics in yeah, no time." Yeah, yeah. Um, but cool. We, uh, I wanted, we were talking earlier too, and this is uh, kind of interest me. You were obviously you're elected, but your son also uh, ran for kind of like a school uh, council, student for student council. council right? That's that's right. Well, and it's one of the the reasons I agreed to run for city council is because I thought it was important to set an example for for my kids to show that being involved in the community is incredibly important. Um, And I was surprised when my son came to me and said, you know, said he was interested in running for student council, whereas in the past, none of my kids would have ever ever done that. um, So we ended up running and winning and and it's great. I, I couldn't be more proud of him. Yeah. It, but then he's been bugging me over the last couple of weeks. He's and then last week he's like, Dad, Dad, what, I've got campaign promises to keep up with. <laughs> I'm like, What do you mean? He's like, Remember you promised to help me with the petition. So, <laughs> so over the weekend we put together a petition to uh, bring back Cookie Day to uh, yeah, Studley. Yeah. It's, it was. Is that in the works? It is. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, good um, stuff. We. We may not submit it, but uh, we, we may be able to negotiate a one-day cookie day at Stubble. Yeah, that's it, awesome. That's good stuff. It, uh, it's it's exciting to see him sort yeah, of excited yeah. about it. Kind of uh, following in your foot. Maybe he'll be on the city council one day. 
That'd be great. <laughs> Absolutely. Alrighty, folks. We're in studio with uh, Attleboro City Councilor uh, Todd Kobus. Um, we're going to talk about some of the uh, upcoming the, the, uh, special committee on senior and veteran services, kind of a tax shift that's happening, and uh, talk more. Just it's a, it's a, it's a city update uh, for Attleboro. So stick around, and we will be right back after these messages. Are you getting ready to take your GED test, but know you need some more help preparing for the math and English sections? GED prep classes are being offered in Attleboro. Preparation for your GED exam is a way for learning what to expect on the exam, how to study for it, and the strategies needed to stay organized and manage time during the exam. Translation services for Spanish-speaking students are available. Sunday classes to take place at the basement of the Attleboro Seventh-day Adventist Church at 3 Elmwood Avenue in Attleboro from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. For more information, you can email kenamolo at gmail.com. That's K-E-N-O-M-O-L-O, kenomolo at gmail.com, or call 508-212-9067. Classes begin on November 11th and is limited to 20 students. As humans, we ask ourselves all kinds of questions. But what if we were forced to ask ourselves a question every day? that affected the outcome of the most basic things, the most important things in our lives. The question is, what is your sexual orientation or gender identity? And the answer is the difference between keeping your job or getting fired. The answer is the difference between staying in your home or getting evicted. The answer is the difference between receiving medical treatment or not. Because in 31 states, it's legal to discriminate against people based on their answer to this question. LGBT Americans have the right to say, I do, but they don't have the same basic rights as everyone else. Get the facts at beyondido.org. Brought to you by the Gill Foundation and the Ad Council. Does your back hurt after a long night's sleep? Has your mattress seen better days? Is your current bedroom furniture a mixture of different furniture sets? The Bedding Center, located on Pleasant Street and proud sponsor of this radio station and high school sports, offers a wide array of mattresses along with beds, bedroom furniture, and odd-sized mattresses and box springs. You can reach them online at bedding-center.com or by phone at 508-226-8090. This November, the citizens of Attleboro will decide the best candidate to serve as our next state representative. This week on WACS Watch... The State Representative Forum, a presentation where the voters get to hear from the candidates on where they stand on the issues. You can watch this program and all of our quality programs from around the area in high definition on WACS.com. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Paul Salguero Show. We'll be here until 9 o'clock. In studio right now, we are talking with uh, Attleboro City Councilor Todd Kobus. Uh, we mentioned uh, there's going to be a Veterans uh, Day event on Sunday at 11 a.m. Uh, this coming uh, week. And what was the, lo- the location again? On the at the World War One Memorial Bridge on North Main Street. Perfect. Uh, so I encourage everyone to uh, check it out. Go there. Uh, so we when we were talking earlier about some of the topics that were coming up recently, uh, you mentioned uh, there's a special committee on senior and veteran services uh, in Attleboro. So could, we, could you talk a little bit about uh, kind of this committee, uh, what its goals are, and uh, what their objective is right now? Sure. So after the we had the vote on the high school and we agreed to uh, to fund a debt exclusion to to borrow the money for the new high school, one of the the impacts of that is 
taxes in general are going to go up a, a fair amount. And so after that passed, one of the things that, that was most important to me was ensuring that we put as many systems in place as we could to help alleviate that that tax burden where where we could. Um, and so one of the, the things was looking at, you know, potential programs for seniors and for veterans and in trying to figure out just looking at what is available at the state level, what we can do locally, and, and putting all of that together. Um, so I worked closely with, with Julie Hall, and we submitted two pieces of new business to, to the council. Um, Councilor Conti also submitted a, another piece of new business. So there's three items right now in the that were in the ordinance committee, and then I worked, I put together a proposal to say, let's create, to create a special committee and outline sort of the objectives and what we wanted to, what we wanted to see come out of that. Yeah. Um, and propose that to the council president and vice president. And I'm very happy that they had, they were willing to set up that committee and create it. They cre- created it last night. Councilor Holmes is the, the chair for this and, and she'll do a, a wonderful job with it. And, in the intent is to here would we was to make meaningful assistance programs available to Attleboro seniors and Attleboro veterans in order to help alleviate the burdens associated with the increased taxes um, is is sort of the objective. And the idea is to go through all of these programs and in and evaluate all of them and, and provide information to everybody on on what's available as well as. Um, you know, ideally passing these things and in, in getting the programs instituted here in Attleboro. Absolutely. So it's so if you're a senior or a veteran, it's probably important to uh, follow this committee and to to learn more about uh, the programs that will be available. Absolutely. In the time frame is to try to have as much of or to have all of this done by the end of next year. So ideally, by the time the tax bills are being printed out, but at the end of 2019 which will include the big increase um, associated with the new high school. Yeah. The idea is to to have gone through this and implemented as many of these things as we can. Absolutely. That's good stuff. And uh, I'm just re- looking at some of this. So uh, and for our listeners, uh, just uh, the expectation for 2020 it also lists for the usage of the assistance programs increased by 100% as compared to the 2018. Uh, but... Uh, but anyways, well, and that didn't make it into the the final one. The, that was part of my initial proposal, and, okay. and I I would like to see. Yeah, it, it's just a goal. These programs. It, it, yeah, it's just a goal of kind of like when you make a business plan, you have five year goal yep. and whatnot. So, uh, but awesome. So this will be interesting, and we'll uh, we'll also keep tabs on this when the new business comes up involving it and what they're working on. We'll let our our listeners know, and that's the Special Committee on Senior and Veteran uh, Services uh, in Attleboro. And you said uh, Councilor Diana Holmes is the, the chair for that, right? Absolutely. So She'll do a great job. And, and I definitely appreciate, you know, the council president and vice president for, for setting up this committee. Absolutely. That's good that's stuff. Great leadership. Um, so another uh, topic we, uh, uh, we were, well, you mentioned to me that we could uh, possibly talk about is uh, this 2019 tax shift to uh, 1.25. Uh, could, so we, can we talk a little bit about uh, what, what exactly the, this tax shift is going to, uh, 
what it's all about. Just give our listeners like an overview of exactly what's going on right now with this uh, sure. proposal. So the tax shift is a, um, a shift factor that is used to shift some of the tax burden from residents onto commercial entities. Um, the way the levy works out is that everybody, all the property in the city are assessed at a certain certain value, and then if you add those up, there's it's called CIP, commercial, industrial, and personal property. All of those CI, essentially commercial pieces of property add up to a, a certain amount, and then residential property adds up to another amount, and the split is roughly 80-20. The, Overall, the um, the total assessed value of all the property in the city is roughly four point wow, it's four point eight billion now. Um, so the, the total assessed value is four point eight billion. Of that, eighty percent is residential, twenty percent is commercial. The way the tax shift works is when you're figuring out how much each of these needs to pay in in taxes, you multiply the commercial side by one point. Last year it was 1.28, so they pay roughly 28% more in their their tax rate per assessed dollar yeah. of the of their property. Um, <clears throat> in different communities across the state, have all sorts of different tax shift numbers. Um, in North Attleboro, they're at what's called parity; they're at a 1.0 rate which means commercial and residential both pay the same amount. Um, so their their tax rate per assessed value, per assessed dollar of, of their property is, is the same, both commercial and residential. Um, Taunton, on the other hand, has, I think they're at 1.75. So commercial pays significantly more than residential. Um, so right now, Atterborough's at a 1.28 number. Um, mm-hmm. We've been as high as 1.5, and that number has been slowly coming down. Um, the tax assessor, Stanley Nasowitz, his goal is to get to 1.25 for the city, um, and then to stop there. We're at 1.28 now. Yeah. So the the matter before the council right now is whether or not to is where to set that that tax shift number. The recommendation is to go to 1.25. Some people may want to leave it right at 1.28, or Mm -hmm. other people may want to shift it in the other direction. Um, There's a public hearing coming up on Tuesday. I believe it's November 13th. Yes, the 13th. So that public hearing, if people want to weigh in on on what they feel we should do, that would be the time to come before the full council um, and discuss that. So where I'm currently leading, um, and, and I'm keeping an open mind because we have the public hearing and, and, and Absolutely. whatnot, but uh, my leaning right now based on doing a fair amount of research is that we should leave the, the tax shift right at 1.28. And the reason being is I couldn't find, I couldn't find any data to indicate that by shifting that closer to parity, we encourage new com- commercial business to come into the city. Um, in looking at you know, trends for Taunton, for Lemonster, um, and for North Attleboro, who, 
North Attleboro and Lemitzer both have parity. Taunton has 1.75. The, the tax shift in the commercial rate doesn't appear to have a significant impact on whether or not uh, businesses move to the community. There's, mm-hmm. there's, I mean, obviously, there's a ton of different factors that work into that equation. Um, location, the, the, the available labor force in the communities, and, and all those different things. And, and I'm sure the commercial tax rate does play a small part, but it, was ve- it appeared to be very insignificant based on the information that I saw. Um, and then in looking at this year's um, new growth within the total assessed value of everything, um, within the community, commercial, ent- commercial values rose by 1%, and roughly all of that was in new growth. Residential entities, uh, the, the total assessed value of all residential property rose by 9%, but only 1% of that was new growth. The other 8% was the assessed values of these properties increasing, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So by, by that portion of the pie, the, the residential portion increasing, um, the residential properties will take on more of the burden of having to pay for the levy. When in, and so... And in reality, both residential and commercial only saw 1% of new growth. They're both sort of growing at, at approxi- approximately the same pace. Yeah. So one of the things w- when I initially heard that there was 9% growth for residential and 1% for commercial, I, was, I, I immediately thought back to supply and demand and said, maybe we can tax the residential a little bit more, shift some of that burden over there yeah. in order to try to encourage additional growth in the commercial side um, but once we dug in once I dug into the numbers more and saw that it was actually one percent on both sides and that the CIA, the commercial rate doesn't have a significant impact at that point I said let's let's just leave it right where it is at 1.28 we're seeing roughly equivalent growth on both sides so that's that's how I how I ended up where I am uh, Obviously, open to hearing additional uh, additional ideas from other people, and in open to very much open to being wrong. If, if somebody comes back and says, "Hey, that that's absurd. If you yeah. do X, Y, or Z, or if you look at this community that has, you know, such such a rate that had this impact," I, I'm definitely open to to hearing that. But for r- right now, with the the what I've looked at, I think 1.28 is is probably good for now. Absolutely. All right, folks, we're in studio with Attleboro City Councilor Todd Kobus. Uh, if anyone would like to call in and have a question uh, regarding Attleboro or just in general, uh, you guys can call in at 508-222-1320, uh, or you can send me an email at paulo, P-A-U-L-O, at wararadio.com, and uh, we can ask it uh, through that. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back uh, after these messages. So stick around. URI's Providence Campus Arts and Cultural Program will host the documentary film Gen Silent on Friday, November 16th from 5.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. in the PATH Auditorium on Washington Street. Gen Silent is a documentary by filmmaker Stu Maddox that asks six LGBT seniors if they will hide their friends, their spouses, their entire lives in order to survive in the long-term care system. Gen Silent discovers how oppression in the years before Stonewall now affects older LGBT people and what is being done about it. Admission to the film screening is free. 
Let's go inside the mind of a 10-year-old. I should have worn those earrings today. I like those earrings. Gabby has those awesome earrings. I need to ask her where she got those, but that's just what she would want me to do. I'll have Michaela ask her for me. Buckle up, Sarah. Yeah, but then Michaela will be like, why don't you just ask her yourself? That's just like Michaela. Sarah, buckle up. Michaela's such a great name. I wish I was called Michaela. There's like a dozen Sarahs in my class. Hey, we're not hitting the road until you buckle up, honey. Oh yeah, seatbelt. I forget sometimes because my brain is like busy, you know? I wonder if there's pizza at school today. Sometimes it can be tough to get through to your kids, but it's not impossible. Always make sure they're wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives. Remember, you have the keys, you have the power. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information. Alrighty, folks, welcome back. Uh, we're in the studio with Attleboro City Councilor Todd Kobus. Uh, one thing that I uh, ended up forgetting to uh, to do earlier was we had a, a a song request, and it was kind of a it's kind of like an inside joke uh, by you know the song "Stir It Up" by Bob Marley. Got to of course, stir yeah. it up. So uh, whenever there's someone that will make a post on social media that kind of stirs up some uh, some conversation. Uh, so uh, I figured I'd, I'll, I'll play that because they requested. So we're going to play um, Barb Marley, Stir It Up. Is that, is that Jonathan Waite that's reaching out? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually not. No, it's an, another. Uh, <laughs> that's good, though. <laughs> hey, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, we're going to play uh, that quick song because I said uh, sure. I'd, I'd play it for them. And then uh, we'll come back and we'll talk more about uh, kind of like an Attleboro City update. So let me put this on. See if I can do this. Do, 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 This is live radio. Live radio. <laughs> All right, let's see. Here we go. Enjoy. Darling, stir it 
Steer it up by Barb Marley going out to Mark in Attleboro. Hey, Paulo, I have an idea. What's up? You haven't brought up marijuana yet. I was just, you know, with, this, <laughs> with Perfect that segue. Yeah. Uh, so let's go into it then. Let's go into some uh, some marijuana talk. Uh, I know the, the city recently passed. Uh, well, you can explain it. There was it's The number five is relevant to, uh, to kind of marijuana uh, uh, re- uh, sale in Attleboro. So could you talk a little bit about where marijuana is in terms of with Attleboro, where marijuana coming to Attleboro? Sure. A few months ago we passed a adult use, which is the politically correct term for recreational marijuana. Uh, we passed an adult use ordinance um, to regulate adult use marijuana within Attleboro. Within that ordinance, we restricted the total number of retail locations to to five locations. And, and, and that's just part of the ordinance. And the way that the, the state laws are written, is we're not allowed to restrict it to fewer than 20% of the total number of liquor licenses. We had 19, so the minimum we could have limited it to would, would have been four. Mm-hmm. We said, let's let's do five and, and see how it goes, and then we can adjust it from there. Yeah. But so that was a, a few months ago. That's old news. We passed that. Um, it, it's funny that you mentioned that, that limit of five, because that's one of the items that's sort of being di- discussed now, and, and do we need to change how that's worded within the ordinances but but so we're working through that this was let's say it was like 10 or 11 pages of legalese that that we added to the to the Attleboro zoning ordinances um and so i'm sure there will be some minor changes and tweaks as we as we go through the process um but one of the interesting things to note is just yesterday in the council meeting um I think it was six. There were six pieces of new business introduced, um, and we scheduled public hearings to um, to hear about and and discuss six new special permit applications. Five of those were for essentially one group of businesses, and that, and then there was the other one. And it's a mix of um, adult use and medical marijuana and distributed throughout the city. Absolutely, um, and uh, uh, oh, in the date for those special hearings are all on December 4th. So if you want to come out and speak either for or against or neither for nor against, December 4th is is the date for that. Absolutely. And then um, December 4th, uh, the public hearings for the special applications. And uh, I, don't, I don't, you probably know a lot more in terms, like what we can talk about and not talk about, but that, that what's the, I'm always curious when those businesses come into Adderall, what's the vetting process uh, like that, some some of these like so. Are these guys just doing their? They apply and they have these hearings. Is that kind of the only thing, or is there more well, way in depth that it goes into? Far more in depth, um, it, and more in depth than than I think any of us on the council are prepared to to really do to vet these. So mm-hmm. the way it works is they they submit the special permit application, and it's this long application. There's all sorts of different requirements. Um, and then it gets sent out to each of the different department heads for them to review it, for the police to review the security and the, um, I believe they do quarry checks. I, mm-hmm. I, could, I could be mistaken, but there's, actually, I, I'm pretty sure that happens at the state level. But there's the, the chief of police reviews it, the water department reviews it to determine potential impacts on, yeah. you know, water, wastewater, all those things. Um, 
the city planner reviews it to, to ensure that, you know, the signs predict is going to be X distance from here and the, you know, the, the shrubbery is appropriate and the, the door is lighted from it so that you can see the front door from the street. And all, all those very specific things are all evaluated prior to it coming before the council for a vote. So the special permit application comes in, it gets reviewed to make sure it's complete initially, and they get sent to, to all the department heads. There's, I, I think it's a, there's a 30 day turnaround for, for all of those department heads to report back. Um, and then in the, the planning department makes a, a ruling to say it's good or not, or it meets all the, the ordinance changes. And then it comes before the, the council. Um, and along the way, there's the uh, the public hearing for for that. So, it's a fairly it's a it's a fairly in depth process. Yeah. Um, and actually, last night I introduced new business to to transfer the to change the special permit granting authority from the municipal council to the zoning board of appeals. And the zoning board of appeals is the, is the group that traditionally grants those types of special per- permits they have they have all the experience they do this all the time yeah. as opposed to the council where this is a, a special thing and we we tend to stumble through it but it's it's a messy process when we're involved um, just because we don't have that that yeah. level of experience um, but with that said my my hope is that that we sit on uh, on that new business to transfer the responsibility from the municipal council to the zoning board until until we've approved at least our first adult use establishment because i i do think the municipal council at there's some value added in the publicity associated with a full review by the municipal council and and, and all of that so in we get elected to make some of these difficult choices um so I feel it would be appropriate for us to approve at least the first one before transferring that that authority over. Absolutely, good stuff. I always like. I thought that was a good way to uh, kind of let our listeners know that it's not just a piece of paper that they fill out and then you know they go to the hearing. So there's a lot more involved um, when these dispensaries want to come into to Atterboro. So, and that's does Blown away by by how in depth it is. Process, it's, yeah, yeah, it's brutal. Absolutely, and that's December fourth, right? That these hearings. Uh, December. De- December fourth for the public hearings on the the new marijuana the establishments. Yep. Dece- uh, November thirteenth, next Tuesday, for the tax shift discussion. So Absolutely. everybody should just come every Tuesday. Come watch the the city council. It's super exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Great TV. You, great TV. You'll <laughs> love it. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, folks, we're in studio with uh, Attleboro City Councilor uh, Todd Kobus talking about uh, what we just got finished on, talking about marijuana in, uh, in Attleboro. After listening to Bob Marley. After listening to Bob Marley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, weird how that worked. Uh, uh, we talked about the Special Committee on uh, Senior and Veteran Services and then also the, the tax, uh, tax, uh, tax shift, uh, the 1.28 uh, involved in the city. So we're going to take another quick break. We'll come back and we'll finish. Phone it. number. Phone number, exactly. Call so in. Call in at 508-222-1320. And, or you can send an email to paulo, P-A-U-L-O, at wararadio.com if you have any, other, if you have any uh, questions. And uh, I can ask Todd your questions. So we'll be right back after these messages.
On Thursday, November 8th at 6.30 p.m., Pam Holland presents Discovering Cousins Using DNA at the Richards Memorial Library in North Attleboro. This talk will show how to explore matches and use the tools available at the major DNA testing companies. It will focus on practical ways to discover relatives and autosomal DNA cousins. For more information or to register, you can email librarian Maggie Holmes at mholmes at salesinc.org. The Benevolent and Protective Order of Elks has been part of the Attleboro area since 1906. They have always been involved in community service and charitable fundraising, giving back to our veterans, supporting our seniors, and providing youth enrichment opportunities, such as soccer and hoop shoots, fishing derbies, and dictionary projects, while also providing academic scholarships. The Elks are over 800 strong locally, and their members are their greatest asset. To learn more, you can go to attleboroelks.org. Remember, Elks care, Elks share. Okay, men, this is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're gonna go out there and be an all-star caregiver. It's up to you. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna go grocery shopping, cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. You gotta dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Don't you forget about the pharmacy. I know you won't. Because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. This is your time to show the world, your family, and yourself that you're tougher than tough. Now go out there and be the best caregiver this world has ever seen. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Alrighty, folks, we're back on the air after the Paul Salguero Show. We will be here until 9 o'clock. Um, I'm in studio right now at uh, Attleboro City Councilor Todd Kovas. He will, uh, he will be here until 8 o'clock. And then uh, Lori Drucker, who is the chair on uh, Keep Adderall uh, Beautiful, we'll talk about that program and uh, how people can get involved, what the program does, and uh, their up upcoming uh, fundraiser events. Uh, so we talked about the special committee on, se on senior and uh, veteran services, the tax shift, marijuana. But another thing that's also uh, coming up in, uh, in Attleboro is uh, the topic of hunting. Is that fair to say? <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, it hasn't been in the forefront lately, but there, there was some new business introduced to, to change the hunting laws uh, that, that I introduced to change the hunting laws within Attleboro to say that if you're going to hunt on private property, that you need to have the private, the owner's permission in writing before doing so and, and, and have that on your persons. Right now, it's the way the, the laws are is the private property has to be, has to be marked and the, the markings have to be, ex there isn't a specific distance between them, but the property has to be marked saying no hunting and then the property owner is then responsible for going out every year and making sure the signs are still up and haven't come down or been torn down or, or whatever. And this just changes the burden of responsibility from the homeowner to to the hunters to, to get permission in writing beforehand. Yeah. It, in my mind, it's it's just common sense. In, in Attleboro, is there a lot of land that is like uh, huntable land? I, I wasn't Because when I was uh, campaigning, I didn't know to be honest, I, I really didn't know how often people actually hunted in Adderall until I ran into some of the hunters. And they're like, yeah, this really, this is, that was, that was their main thing because that was big for them. And I was like, wow, because I remember 
I don't know if it was like Bishop, like right next to uh, the Bliss, Bliss Dairy. That I think that's okay. Bishop Street, right? I think that is. But I guess there's like sure. huntable land o- over there. But I was, I never knew how like if there was a lot of land in Attleboro that people actually hunt on. And I hear complaints about different areas within the city, specifically. I, I hear the complaints about Ward Three and mainly yeah. down Richardson Ave and and over by the old TI and whatnot. Um, yeah. And those are the the complaints I I hear coming in. But uh, you're right, though, in that the city there there isn't a ton of huntable land left in the city. And that was one of the things that when I was researching this before submitting the new business, in looking at sort of trends within the state, this this ordinance change is very similar to something that's been act, enacted in many of the other communities within Massachusetts along what they call the urban sprawl frontier and if you and I'm making hand motions to you so that you can see (laughs) you know the urban sprawl as it comes out from (laughs) from our listeners appreciate that (laughs) you're welcome from from east to west from Boston this sort of a a circle or or a wave that emanates out from Boston of communities that are that that don't have a ton of open space anymore as they become more and more developed. Uh, And as that sort of wave moves out from Boston and moves west, these communities along that line pass similar um, hunting restrictions. Um, And many of them pass the hunting restriction to, um, to require hunters to have the written permission from the property owner. Um, And if you, Grab, if you look at that on a on a map, the the sort of the line start stops right at like Attleboro, North Attleboro, in, in this area. Mm-hmm. So it's it's about time that we yeah. we pass this in, in my mind, and it, it, and I thought it made sense as a as a veteran, a military yeah. guy that served in the army, have been to Iraq and Afghanistan. Who isn't scared of guns? Yeah. To to be the one to say, hey, we don't we don't have a lot of room here in Attleboro. Like let's let's enact this sort of yeah. common sense legislation here. Exactly. That's com- the keyword common sense. Um, well, you mentioned also uh, that you're a vet, and this is something that I've never really had the opportunity to do. Like in ter- like interview a vet, like or even just like personal conversation too much about like their time because I never. You know that's a topic that they probably you know some people just don't want to talk about or whatnot. But um, but you, you mentioned that you uh, you went overseas. Could you talk a little about kind of uh, uh, your time in the military? Kind of uh, what you did or kind of uh, what's it called? Like uh, sure, MOS is that the yeah, like your job? Yeah, that's right? that's exactly it. Um, I had been in long enough that my MOS changed numbers. I used to be a ninety six Bravo, then it was a thirty five Delta, um, and that's. Another word for an intelligence analyst. Okay. And so, was would work in the intelligence field. Um, in in my mind, that was sort of the greatest job in the yeah. in the military. Um, and I was just in the Army National Guard, so would do the one weekend a month, and mm-hmm. then two weeks during the summer, and then nine eleven happened, and all of a sudden it was three four weeks a year, and oh, you're gone for eighteen months to Iraq yeah, yeah. and and whatnot. Um, so I did two tours, one in Iraq, one in Afghanistan. Um, the Iraq tour was 18 months, wow. and it was 
it was wild to go from just being super focused on my career as a software engineer yeah. to all of a sudden over in Iraq doing Intel work and, and, and that sort of thing. And then to bounce right back and see af- after I had been gone for 18 months, sort of nothing changed back home. And, yeah. and we had all had this sort of incredible experience. And in my, my trip to Iraq, it was... It was early enough in the war that that things were still blowing up fairly often, but we all made it back. We were a Massachusetts National Guard unit, uh, a, a company of about 120 people, and of the 120 that went over there, we we all made it back. So, I personally didn't have to deal with with, with some of the the things that that my fellow veterans have had to have had to deal with. Um, and if anything, we sort of there was sort of an adrenaline junkie mentality that, that sort of developed. I, things things blew up fairly often over there, and it was it, it became exciting. It was uh, not exciting. That's the wrong word, but uh, you develop a an absurd sense of humor. Um, mm-hmm. In that, it, it was funny. The I went out a couple weeks before my roommate, who, who's actually visiting this weekend from uh, from Germany, and we're having a big dinner on Saturday, but. Um, I was out a, a week or two before him, and then when he finally arrived, he went picked him up at the helicopter pad and, and went back to the room and, and showed him in. It, it, we were going to be working the night shift, and he arrived at like noon or so and showed him the room, and, and he's like, oh, you saved me the, the bed by the window, and that's great. And, um, we hung out talking for for a, num- a number of hours, and then went to bed, set the alarm. We went to bed at what, like? Four in the afternoon, set the alarm for seven o'clock to to get to the night shift. Mm-hmm. Um, the alarm was going off. I hit snooze, went off again, hit snooze. <laughs> All of a sudden, we just heard a, a rocket fly overhead, and it sounded okay. just like the movies, but it was so much more violent and absurd. And it flew overhead and landed right in the backyard. The whole building shook. It was directly in line with the window that my my buddy was sleeping next to rolled out of bed i was like i'm up i'm up (laughs) um everybody was okay but the the next day we sandbagged that that window pretty good (laughs) absolutely Um, Um, but but we joke about it now yeah yeah. um but so did that um did a year in afghanistan and and again that was i was older when i went to afghanistan and at that time i had Two two kids at home, and yeah. my my wife had to potty train my two boys, and yeah, which which was interesting. But uh, but it, it was wild to go from being a a, a software engineer and in in, yeah. in everything associated with that to all of a sudden You're being in, in down, <laughs> downtown Kabul, driving into the middle of the city yeah. to to meet with the Taliban commander, and yeah. yeah. Well, one thing I'm always interested in. Um, there's been tons of movies out there. Is there a movie that that you feel is uh, kind of depicts uh, the military and is probably uh, the most accurate uh, like movie out there? Like you know, you know, I, I know I met someone who said like Full Metal Jacket was pretty pretty accurate Me- to their experience. Full Metal Jacket was great. The one that that it it, it wasn't a movie. It was the series. Um, have you seen it? Was was it Generation Kill? No, um, I've heard of it. I've never seen it though. That's the one that that sort of struck me as the most the most accurate with 
the way soldiers interact with each other, the camaraderie, and just the sounds and, and the, the the little tiny details. Yeah, I thought they got incredibly they got they were incredibly accurate with. Interesting. And you said it was uh, Afghanistan and I- Iraq. You went to. Mm-hmm. Did you see any um, major differences between the two in terms of? Uh, maybe the the people or like the culture. Is there anything uh, major differently between those two, or is it uh, pretty similar? In, so, for my untrained mind, they were. It, it, it for me being that they were so foreign to me, mm-hmm. um, they were very similar. Um, in one of the, but when I went to Iraq, it was in '04, and then Afghanistan was 2011. There was such a difference in the time in that, you know, whenever we left the wire in Iraq, it was in a four or five vehicle convoy with with all that. Um, but then when I was in Afghanistan, could drive around, you know, friend of mine and I in an up-armored SUV, just one vehicle, and, and that was all we needed to, to bounce around to the different bases within Kabul. And um, so it was, it was a totally different time. And it, it People used to get a lot of crap from the, the the gate guards and stuff because we would order like takeout food from <laughs> from downtown and um, and then have to walk out and pick it up and be like, all right, don't explode and <laughs> bring it back oh, in. But it was what was yeah. uh, throughout throughout those experiences, uh, kind of like what's one thing that you walked away from it and like learned something that. Maybe the one thing that just stuck with you, whether it's, uh, you know, learning about a different culture or something like that. What's something that you left there having learned something new from your time in the, in the Middle East? So I'm sure most people have all sorts of profound things to say about leadership and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I got really good at PowerPoint. <laughs> 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 um, no, but in, in all honesty, there... It, you are constantly surrounded by all sorts of different types of leaders, and, and you have to you you have to follow orders and, and do all those things. So you really get a sense of what you appreciate in in leaders, and and, and just sort of learn about leadership as well as camaraderie. You're exposed to all sorts of different cultures, and I mean, there's all sorts the, the the vast differences in the people that are serving in the military are is just amazing and it, it's great to to be exposed to that when, when you're younger so that you get to see sort of outside your bubble and and I think in our country right now there's there's all sorts of bubbles I mean I mean where I where I work on the civilian side is yeah. is definitely a bubble in and then the military, there's, there's a lot more diversity, and and I think that's I think that's great for people to see. And I yeah, I'd like to think I took some of that away. Yeah. What away was with um, me. from when you when you're leaving here and you get uh, well first, what, how, what was that process like getting there? Did you have to stop at different another country prior to actually landing in? Because uh, I'm curious, because I wanted to ask what were your uh, once you landed there and you step out, what was your initial thought? Like actually being in Iraq, once you step on and you're seeing Iraq. I hate to admit it, but the first, and I was young when I first went over there, the first thing you you do, or, or I, I did, is looked at all the hills all around. It's like, all right, where's where's the sniper? Where's the, <laughs> <laughs> and and it's, it's absolutely a, an absurd thing to be nervous about, but that was walking off the helicopter yeah. 
that was sort of that that was the first thing that went through my mind yeah um, yeah but what if funny thing it, so when we were heading over in 04 it was our we had to take a commercial flight to Kabul mm-hmm. and that flight uh, was it Kabul or did we flew to Germany and then to uh, Germany then to Kabul but uh it was on the same day as game seven of the World Series and if you remember that's when the the Red Sox first won yeah yeah so we were getting updates on the plane about the World Series we landed to watch the final two or three innings in a military air base in, in Germany and you should have seen I mean we were bunch of kids heading over to Iraq and and had already done four months or so of yeah. of training just running around cheering and celebrating that the Red Sox win was it, it was a fascinating thing and, and somebody took a video and it still gives me goosebumps when I see it it's, yeah, it's yeah. great and like it, a lot of those people because we were a Massachusetts National Guard unit that all went over together a lot of those people are still close by here and we still talk on a regular yeah, basis yeah, yeah. every summer we have a big reunion it, we have the reunion here in Attleboro this Saturday was a bunch of people coming over for for Friendsgiving and, and so and this is what 14 years later and still the, those bonds that, that were created over that 18 month deployment are, yeah. are still very strong and the, the roommate that you know we rolled out of bed when the rocket landed in the in the backyard it, he lives in germany but the second we see each other it's just like like, like no, time, didn't uh, skip yeah, a beat, yeah didn't skip a beat and yeah it's great that's so, good stuff um yeah no, no. uh so uh to, to wrap, kind of wrap up things up we have uh it was november 13th is the uh, hearing on the, t- the taxes. Correct, and on the tax shift. Yep, yep the tax shift. Uh, December 4th are six public hearings regarding uh, special applications for the marijuana dispensaries. Correct. to Attleboro. Yep. And uh, more importantly... This uh, Sunday. This Sunday. The we, 11th hour of the 11th month of... The 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month is a Veterans Day ceremony at on North Main Street. And so absolutely. please show up. Absolutely. I'd like to thank, uh, again, Todd, thank you for coming in. We'll try and, uh, I think it's a good thing. We try to try and see if we can do it like every uh, once a month or so. I'll give it like an Attleboro uh, City update. Uh, All right, folks, so we're going to wrap things up here with Attleboro City Councilor Todd Kobus. And then uh, from from now until 8.30, we will be in studio with uh, Lori Drucker, who is the chair on Keep Attleboro Beautiful. We'll talk about their fundraising efforts, their project, and uh, how to get involved. So we'll be right back after these messages. Thanks, everyone. Take care. listening to WARA, 1320 AM, Attleboro. Welcome to the AACS Daily News. Yesterday, voters had an opportunity to decide who will represent them in elected office. At the local level, an Attleboro challenger Rebecca Rausch beat incumbent Richard Ross for the state Senate seat for wards 1 through 3A. Incumbent Paul Feeney beat challenger Jacob Ventura for the state Senate seat in wards 3B through 6. Incumbent Jim Hawkins has kept the Attleboro state representative seat, beating out Julie Hall. And on the city council, Ty Waterman beat both Nicholas Lavoie and John Davis. That's it for today's update. You can watch all of our content by visiting our website, AACS.com, by downloading the AACS mobile app, or by visiting the AACS Roku channel. 
For ACS News, I'm Austin Ricketts.
Cooler breeze is taking over for the next two days. We'll have mostly clear skies overnight, falling down to about 40 by morning. Mostly sunny two days in a row in November with sun. Yippee-i-yay. It will be cooler, though. Highs in the low 50s, mostly clear, down into the mid-30s tomorrow night into Friday morning. Sun early Friday, then thickening clouds, fading behind the high clouds, and a rain event moving in with some gusty breezes by late afternoon Friday, certainly by dark and rain Friday night. Kind of nasty if you're going to be out then. Early rain and then sun and clouds, windy out of the northwest, about 50 for a high on Saturday. Sunday, Veterans Day, mostly sunny, cool, highs in the low 40s. For 1320 AM WARA, I'm Jim Corbin. As always, an update in the morning with Dom Katoya. Are you one of the 30 million Americans who skip breakfast every day? We don't need to remind you that skipping breakfast can have a detrimental effect on your health. The Breakfast Place, located at 187 Pleasant Street, across from the Shell gas station, has been serving their customers meals made to order for over 30 years using vegetables from local farms and cage-free eggs. Owner Casey Darconti opens the Breakfast Place every day from 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. for breakfast and lunch. And for those on the go, all meals are available for takeout. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Paul Salguero Show. We will be here until uh, 9 o'clock, uh, but for the next half hour or so, we'll be talking with uh, Miss Lori Drucker, who is uh, the chair of uh, Keep Adderall Beautiful. Uh, she's actually in studio with us right now. Ms. Drucker, thank you for coming in today. Oh, thank you for having me. I love talking about this program. Absolutely. Um, so s- some of our listeners may or may not know you, uh, but for those who don't, could you give us a little bit uh, like bio on you, kind of experience what you uh, currently do? I've actually lived in the city for 25 years, uh, raised my family here. They're both um, very successful products of the Attleboro school system. Um, full-time, full-time working mom um, with all of those challenges here in the city. And um, a few years ago, I said, you know what, that's, that's enough. It's, it's time to sort of relax and enjoy and contribute back to the community out of all of the good things my family had achieved around here. And one thing that caught my eye was just the amount of litter um, that's by the roadsides. I mean, I, when I was a kid growing up, we had that famous commercial of the Indian crying as he was canoeing down the river and seeing all the litter. And um, Keep America Beautiful, I found out, was still a very strong program. And there's the other program that's that's huge right now, and that's Keep Massachusetts Beautiful. And, and they were creating all of these foster programs. And I wanted to bring one to Attleboro. Absolutely. So that, that answers my next question. I was going to say what motivated you to, uh, to form um, the organization. So, so can we talk a little bit about uh, the organization and uh, what's its overall mission uh, of Keep Adderall Beautiful? Is it different from the Keep Massachusetts Beautiful or is it uh, pretty similar to the same thing? It's very similar. Uh, I mean, there are a number of different towns that have different programs and some are, some are much more broader scale. Some have been in existence a lot longer. We are just starting our third year. Um, So our mission is pretty much to empower residents, businesses, and government to make Attleboro a greener, cleaner place to live, work, and play. Um, And our focus right now is solely the springtime cleanup. Um, We've already started next year's planning, and I ask everybody to save the date. It will be April 13th, 2009, in the morning, and there are going to be a lot more details being put together and coming out about that. Absolutely. All right, folks, we're in studio with Miss Lori Drucker, who is the chair of uh, Keep Adderall Beautiful. Uh, again, we're on, uh, uh, you're listening to WARA 1320 AM Attleboro. We're going to take a quick break, and then we will come back and talk more about um, kind of uh, the fundraising efforts that the organization has, how volunteers can get involved. 
uh, some of the past results that I've had that, that the organization has had. Uh, so stick around. We'll be right back after these messages. BCC Taunton's College 101 will be held on Thursday, November 15th from 2.30 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. Attending students will learn how to apply to any college. They will be instructed on the college application process from start to finish. Attendees will also learn about meeting application deadlines, applying for financial aid, finding and applying for scholarships, writing the college essay, and getting college recommendations. Are you looking for more opportunity? The Literacy Center is here to help. We have free year-round classes in English, computer literacy, and high school equivalency. With the help of teachers and tutors, you can prepare for your citizenship test, make a resume, get ready for college, or learn how to speak better English. Classes held during the day, evening, or on Saturdays. View our website, theliteracycenter.com, or call 508 508- Two two six three six zero three. The Literacy Center, building a better community. The average time a resume spends on an HR manager's desk is seven seconds, and most of them are tossed aside. Now imagine if one of those resumes belonged to Yasmin, who was living in a shelter, juggling three jobs. I had to be resilient. That's something that you can't teach. Or if that resume was from someone who worked 12-hour shifts at the recycling company with my dad, who's 72. That taught me a work ethic that I carry with me every day. We rely so much on a resume, yet it could never tell the full story of someone. Growing up where I did, a lot of things could have gotten in the way of my goals. But I learned to push through, and that's what I bring to work every day. So maybe it's time we look beyond the resume and look to grads of life. Discover new ways to develop great talent that are so much more than what's on paper at gradsoflife.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Grads of Life and the Ad Council. The medical field is a vital part of our community that affects us all. The quality of care and services are tested as budgets and technology changes. This week on AACS Catch, Question 1 Ballot Presentation. A forum where both sides of the medical field get a chance to voice their opinion on how this legislature will affect the nurse-to-patient ratio. You can watch this program and all of our quality programs from around the area in high definition on the WACS mobile app. Alrighty, folks, welcome back. This is the Paul Salguero Show. We're in studio right now with uh, Miss Lori Drucker, who is the uh, chair to uh, Keep Admirable Beautiful. We've talked about kind of what motivated her to uh, bring this wonderful organization to Attleboro, uh, the mission of... Um, the organization, uh, but uh, an important part to any uh, organization, of course, is fundraising. Uh, so, in, uh, I'm assuming uh, you, this organization, looks for fundraisers or uh, uh, people to donate to it. Is that a uh, yeah, we um, supply all of our volunteers with what they need for that program. Um, both, I'll say the the tangential supplies, like we need water out there. Um, these volunteers are working for two hours on the roadside, so it gets warm in the springtime, believe it or not. We also supply everybody with safety T-shirts so they can be spotted more easily around the road. Uh, there's also gloves, trash bags, um, other collection items for, like, cigarette butts that we're collecting that we send off for recycling. There's trash pickers. There, there are a lot of other things, and this all either takes money or in-kind donations. Absolutely. And is there... Uh uh, if somebody wanted to donate, how what's that process like, or how can they how can they do so? Well, um, I'm I'm blessed with the fact that we have a great organizing committee working with me this year. Um, we've gotten very organized very early on in the process. We've just started our first wave with a series of letters out to our 
a lot of our local businesses, and we'll be following those up with personal calls if they can just keep an eye out for the letter and help out where they can. And on our Facebook page at Keep Attleboro Beautiful, we will also be posting a link where people can make contributions online as well. Absolutely. Good stuff. And uh, so I was reading a little bit about uh, the organization prior to uh, our interview. And uh, so you had said uh, earlier, too, this is the third year that it's uh, being implemented. Uh, But I was reading some of the articles in the newspaper. You you guys find some uh, pretty interesting stuff uh, out there. Could you talk a little bit about kind of some of the stuff that you guys have found or that you, you, you clean up throughout the city? I mean, there were giant posters of of almost those cardboard supermarket displays that we found down in Lake Como. Um, There were recliners, mattresses, propane tanks. Um, What's scary is the number of nips that are being found by the roadside. In one area, we actually found a series of um, sports drink bottles, and each bottle had a rolled-up candy bar in it, almost like the same person drove by every day and threw the same snack out of their window. There there was a collection right by the stop sign there. I just don't know what these people think is going to happen, these items that they throw out of their windows and just leave there. Yeah. Yeah. and you said this is like a, uh, you know, you have to keep Massachusetts beautiful. How long has it existed in general, like the Massachusetts and then uh, uh, early? Has it been around for a while? or Numbers and numbers of years, and even before it was formally organized, yeah. um, there, were, there was a lot of grassroots support. In fact, I was just at the Massachusetts Litter Summit last weekend yeah. um, where people from all around the state gathered um of both formal and informal groups that have been together and whether they're cleaning up by the ocean side or cleaning up in cities and towns we all came together with a purpose and and came away with a few few topics and a few new approaches that we're going to learn about absolutely and um this is the uh, third time it's being implemented have you seen um uh an increase in the results throughout the first time you've done it the second time and kind of uh, how the goal is for uh, the third year coming in um Yes. Two years in a row, we've been able to clean along uh, Lindsay Street, Peck Street, and County Street. Um, And last year, um, we only collected 50 bags of trash along County Street, um, which, as surprising as it sounds, is is less than it was the year before. And because of how much we found there the year before, we were able to devote that many more um, volunteers to it. Uh, around Lindsay Street and Peck Street, it was more of a cleanup approach and a maintenance approach rather than it was a real litter retrieval. Um, it was our first year cleaning down in Lake Como, and um, we pulled around 30 bags of trash out of there, which was just just absolutely amazing. And even the volunteers couldn't believe how much they had cleaned up. Yeah, yeah. And if somebody uh, wants to get involved with the organization in terms of volunteering, how can they uh, reach out to uh, the organization? Um, We have a volunteer coordinator. Um, Ben was going to be putting together some forms for some of the local offices so that they can create teams to participate. I expect that we will be doing another Google form as we've done in years past. Um, But fail safe location, please feel free to send us an email at keepattleboroughbeautiful at gmail.com. Absolutely. And is there... uh, uh, maybe some other specific things we want to make sure we covered that we haven't uh, uh, discussed. Um, all we ask is that you save the date. Um, it's going to be April 13th, 2019. 
Um, keep your eyes out. Please help us identify places where we can clean. When you really start looking for litter along the sides of the roads, you will be amazed at what you see. So if you find yourself in the passenger seat, please help us by looking around and seeing what you can find. And please plan to volunteer. Like us on our Facebook page of Keep Attleboro Beautiful so you can stay apprised of the events and the plans. And if you have anything else that you can volunteer, whether it's um, in-kind goods, whether it's um, prizes for our volunteer raffles, um, or even gifts for some of our volunteers, we would just love to have as much involvement as we can. I don't know if I said it earlier, but last year we had 150 people, and they all seem to have a great time. And if everybody brings just one or two more friends, we're looking at about 500 people that we could be having volunteer around the city. Absolutely. That's just great city pride right there. And there's so much city, there's so many reasons to be proud of Attleboro, and I want to make Keep Attleboro Beautiful another reason. Absolutely. And I will also, uh, once that information comes available, I'll share it on my page and then uh, uh, with my uh with my personal page as well with my friends um but awesome so if there's uh so keep arrow beautiful uh there, you, are you guys hosting uh, specific fundraisers now until um we're not posting uh, any specific fundraising activities as of this point in time we've pretty much sent our letters out to our local businesses and you'll see those posts on our facebook as well um, because we will accept con contributions from individuals I know a lot of individuals might have matching gifts out there from their corporate employers, which we will always welcome. We have recently received our 501c3, so there are all of those advantages there for being that type of formalized of an organization. Um, so we're really looking at growing this year. Absolutely. All right, folks, we're in studio with uh, Ms. Lori Drucker, who is the chair of uh, Keep Adderall Beautiful. We're going to do a quick song, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll come back after, uh, after this. This is uh, You're My Home by Billy Joel. When you look into my eyes And you see the crazy gypsy in my soul It always comes as a surprise When I feel my withered roots begin to grow Well, I never had a place that I could call my very own But that's alright, my love, cause you're my home When you touch my weary head And you tell me everything will be alright You say, use my body for your bed And my love will keep you warm throughout the night Well, I'll never be a stranger And I'll never be alone Forever we're together, that's my home Home can be the Pennsylvania Turnpike Indiana's early morning dew High up in the hills of California Home is just another word for you
never had a place that I could call my very own But that's alright my love, cause you're my home If I travel all my life And I never get to stop and settle down Long as I have you by my side There's a roof above and good walls all around You're my castle, you're my cabin And my instant pleasure dome I need you in my house Cause you're my home You're my home. You're my home by Billy Joel. Uh, so we're in studio with. Uh, welcome back, guys. We're in studio with uh, Miss Laurie Drucker, who is the the chair to. That's awkward. No more music. <laughs> uh, with Laurie Drucker, who is the chair to uh, Keep Adderall Beautiful. Uh, and we talked about the organization, its mission, uh, the fundraising efforts, how to get involved. Uh, but uh, just to wrap up, uh, we're going to do, uh, if somebody wanted to get in touch again with the organization, uh, what are the, the outlets that they can uh, reach out to? You can always reach us at keepadderallbeautiful at gmail.com um, or follow us and like us on Facebook at Keep Attleboro Beautiful, and you can always reach us through Messenger there as well. Absolutely. Uh, we all, regardless of the event going on, we are always posting um, articles about the environment, recycling, reusing, um, litter and pollution on our Facebook, so feel free to follow. Absolutely. All right, folks, I will also share uh, that page on my page so people can also get involved. So we're going to do uh, one more song, and we'll come back, and we'll finish up the entire uh show with uh just some music for everyone this one's gonna be again i'm uh i think all my listeners know i'm a big billy joel fan so we'll do uh only the good die young uh, by billy joel so here's only the good die young
better, but I said, hey, I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. The sinners are much more fun. You know that only the good die young. Oh, baby. I tell you, only the good die young. Only the good die young. Are you getting ready to take your GED test, but know you need some more help preparing for the math and English sections? GED prep classes are being offered in Attleboro. Preparation for your GED exam is a way for learning what to expect on the exam, how to study for it, and the strategies needed to stay organized and manage time during the exam. Translation services for Spanish-speaking students are available. Sunday classes to take place at the basement of the Attleboro Seventh-day Adventist Church at 3 Elmwood Avenue in Attleboro from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. For more information, you can email kenamolo at gmail.com. That's K-E-N-O-M-O-L-O, kenomolo at gmail.com, or call 508-212-9067. Classes begin on November 11th and is limited to 20 students. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Are you one of the 30 million Americans who skip breakfast every day? We don't need to remind you that skipping breakfast can have a detrimental effect on your health. The Breakfast Place, located at 187 Pleasant Street, across from the Shell gas station, has been serving their customers meals made to order for over 30 years using vegetables from local farms and cage-free eggs. Owner Casey Darconti opens the Breakfast Place every day from 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. for breakfast and lunch. And for those on the go, all meals are available for takeout. 
Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Paul Girl Show, where we have one, uh, another half hour to go. Uh, we'll be doing uh, some music and uh, just talking about some of the news uh, going on. So, obviously, we had a, a you know a wonderful election. It was busy. I mean, in Atterboro, uh, you know, I didn't even I ended up staying up until 11:30, 11:45 for results. And once I did saw they weren't posted, I was like, I'm going to bed. You know, 4:30 rolls around quick, and uh, time I get up for work. So once I got up, I ended up seeing the results and and, and whatnot. But uh, for those uh, you know, it, it was interesting at the local level and obviously federal across the, the board. Uh, I was reading an article. It says, and this is one of the big things that I was following as well, uh, in one of the biggest Democratic victories of the 2018 election, Florida voted overwhelmingly Tuesday to restore voting rights to an estimated 1.5 million former felons, including roughly 500,000 African Americans. This is something, uh, it, me being uh, the criminal justice major that I uh, I was in uh, you know, my master's in criminal justice. That's something that we talked about briefly in school. Uh, you know, th- these voting rights that people, when they, when, they, when they're released from the incarceration, they, they ended up losing their, their voting rights. They don't have to vote, but they're still, you know, how do you expect them to be productive members of society and really contribute when you're, you're, not, you're taking away one of the greatest rights that people have? And I know it's, some people say it's confrontational. Oh, they don't deserve it, blah, blah. But, I mean, they're still human. They pay their debt to society, and that's one of the great, like, if you're going to make the argument that, oh, everyone needs to be a productive member of society and whatnot, give them the right to vote. That's 1.5 million former felons, and that's just in Florida, okay? And they weren't, uh, they weren't, uh, you know, that wasn't the only big achievement. You know, we also talked earlier about Counselor Todd Kobus. You know, this article also read, elsewhere across the country there were progressive wins for the continued legalization of marijuana. A rejection of the conservative agenda in uh, Oregon, and um, there was also, uh, it says, uh, more abortion restrictions uh, passed in red states. Now, it also read, uh, Amendment 4 in Florida applies to felons who serve their sentence, including parole and probation, but will, will not apply to those convicted of murder or sexual offenses. The change is expected to affect future election results in Florida as well as uh, presidential races because the state is often seen as competitive in national contest. Translation, it's a swing state, folks. It can go uh, uh, either way in in, in Florida. Uh, There were some, you know, there's, we we had uh, the woman in uh, in New York, 29 years old, elected. This year is the biggest year for women elected to Congress. There was over... Last I checked, there was over 90, so I, I, I didn't see the, uh, the final number, but there's just there's a lot going on. And again, like uh, we t- discussed in Massachusetts, the ballot initiatives, question one did not pass, question two and three did. And those were, uh, the question one, it was interesting because I ended up doing a forum to get the word out there. And a lot of, that was one, you know, I was listening the other day and they said this was probably one of the biggest ballot initiatives that really uh, was probably one of the most confusing ones to voters and that you know that happens quite often even with uh regular politicians with their the political ads they mention some things this one did this one did and this one you know and i think that was the same concept applied to the ballot initiative some people uh, were advocating for you know certain reasons oh this is this will happen if this goes through and it wasn't it wasn't the most uh um, maybe with the word I'm looking for is maybe transparent information that was being sent out there to people. And that's why what got me to do the forum was to try and 
get these, get the two sides, those that support and those opposed, and really discuss what, what it was about. Uh, but, you know, th- that's going to be enough politics for now. We're going to do, uh, end up getting a song request, uh, which is a great song. It's kind of sad. It's got Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton. And this is a song, uh, for those that don't know, Eric Clapton's son was, uh, you know, he, he died at a young age. He uh, ended up falling from, I think it was like 49 floors from a hotel. Eric, Eric Clapton wasn't there, but ended up falling from 49. And then... I believe there was an interview done where Eric Clapton said this song was originally for uh, a movie, but it also, I think it became into, it could be about his son or whatnot. But this is a pretty good song, and I'm going to play it. Uh, the guy he just said it was from Attleboro. He didn't put his name, but uh, we're going to put this. So this is uh, Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton.
Yes, Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton. Uh, that goes out to, I don't know the name, they just sent the, an email saying he was uh, from Attleboro. So uh, another request came in for the, the Everly Brothers, Bye Bye Love. So we're going to get to that, and uh, we'll play that one right now. So this is Bye Bye Love by the Everly Brothers. I think I'm gonna cry Bye-bye, love Bye-bye, sweet caress Hello, emptiness I feel like I could die Bye-bye, my love, goodbye There goes my baby With someone new She sure looks happy I sure am blue was my baby till he stepped in Goodbye from romance that might have been Bye-bye love, bye-bye happiness Hello loneliness, I think I'm gonna cry Bye-bye love, bye-bye sweet caress Hello, emptiness, I feel like I could die Bye-bye, my love, goodbye I'm through with romance, I'm through with love I'm through with counting the stars above And here's the reason that I'm so free My loving baby is through with me I'm gonna cry Bye-bye, love Bye-bye, sweet caress Hello, emptiness I feel like I could die Bye-bye, my love, goodbye Bye-bye, my love, goodbye Bye-bye, my love URI's Providence Campus Arts and Cultural Program will host the documentary film Jen Silent on Friday, November 16th from 5.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. in the Path Auditorium on Washington Street. Jen Silent is a documentary by filmmaker Stu Maddox that asks six LGBT seniors if they will hide their friends, their spouses, their entire lives in order to survive in the long-term care system. Jen Silent discovers how oppression in the years before Stonewall now affects older LGBT people and what is being done about it. Admission to the film screening is free. Mental health, just like physical health, is an important part of every person's overall well-being. Learn about the many issues surrounding mental health by listening to our new show, Exploring Mental Illness, everything you wanted to know but were too afraid to ask, on Mondays at 6 p.m. on WARA 1320 AM. You can also listen for free by subscribing to the Exploring Mental Illness podcast on the iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn platforms. Find out more information by going to WARARadio.com and clicking on podcasts. You're not wired to have a response to this sound. You're neutral to it. You hear it every time you finish a meal and never feel anything. But if we were able to associate this sound with a new stimulus, save the food. We've achieved pulling a natural response from you. Save the food. Why are we doing this, you may ask. Save the food. 
because this ad is trying to change your after-meal behaviour through brainwashing. Because food waste costs the average family fifteen hundred dollars a year. Save the food, cha-ching, and fifteen hundred extra bucks is like getting a pay raise. Save the food, cha-ching, you're promoted, which could pay for your child's braces. Save the food, cha-ching, you're promoted. Check out my braces. So when you hear this sound, rethink your behaviour. Cook it, store it, share it. Just don't waste it. For tips and recipes, visit savethefood.com. Brought to you by NRDC and the Ad Council. Welcome back, folks, to the Paulus Algaro Show. We will be here until nine o'clock. Uh, right now, we're just doing uh, music until uh, nine o'clock. We had earlier today. We had Attleboro City Councilor Todd Colbison. We talked a lot about uh, some of the events coming up. The new uh, Commission on Senior and Veteran uh, Services, uh, kind of the tax. Uh, shift that's going to happen in Attleboro or is proposed and uh for the second portion of it until uh you know not too long ago we had uh, miss Lori drucker who is the chair of uh keep Attleboro beautiful the, the this is their third year and uh right now they're in the stage of kind of like uh fundraising and raising money for it to purchase uh the bags the gloves and all the materials needed for uh their volunteers uh so we're going to do a couple more songs uh one song that you know this is a you know I'm a big fan of the oldies. Obviously, I listen to um, well, I don't do it. Any, can't listen to it anymore because I work uh, from six to two. But I used to listen to uh, our own uh, Dominic Katoya on Fridays when he does the uh, the oldie station, the oldies uh, kind of segment, and that's one that I really enjoy. And one person, uh, an artist that I, you know, I love his music is uh, Richie Valens. Now, Richie Valens, uh, you guys probably know La Bamba or We Belong Together and Donna. Uh, these are all songs. This this guy, he was 17 years old when he passed away. And some of you may you've probably seen the movie. There's a movie about it, La Bamba, too. And uh, he was also in an airplane. It was him, Buddy Holly, and the big Bapa speaking. And the big bopper, uh, who was, I believe he was probably in his 40s, Richie Valens was 17. Uh, but a song that I don't hear a lot on the radio uh, in general is kind of the Richie Valens stuff. So I want to play uh, La Bamba, which is a Spanish song, but it's, it's there's a, obviously a, a, an American tie to it. So here's Richie Valens' La Bamba. <laughs>
La Bamba by Richie yeah. Valens. That's uh, like we were saying earlier. There was a there was a plane crash uh, from uh, Richie Valens, and there was uh, you know uh, Richie Valens, Buddy Holly, and the Big Bopper. And this is uh, there was a there was, Richie Valens is just uh, you know I just enjoyed uh, the oldies in general, uh, but Richie Valens was always the one that I really enjoyed uh, the most. And I was just looking up here. He was, in fact, uh, 17 years old. He passed away on February 3rd, 1959. And um, 1959, uh, it was, you know, after, after February 2nd, 1959, uh, his performance in Clear Lake, Iowa, uh, Holly Richardson and uh, Valens flew out to Mason City Airport in a small plane that Holly had uh, chartered. Uh, Valens was on the plane because he won a coin toss with Holly's backup guitarist, Tommy Alsop. And uh, Holly's uh, bass, uh, Waylon Jennings, uh, voluntarily gave up his seat on the plane to uh, J.P. Richardson, Big Popper, who was ill with the flu. And the rest is, you know, history. So it's, uh, I figured since we were talking about that, we'll play a song from uh, Buddy Holly, and then also the Big Bopper. I think that was a, kind of a nice way to, I guess, pay tribute to uh, these wonderful artists. So we're gonna go. We'll do. Uh, we'll do Peggy Sue from Buddy Holly, and then we will go into uh, the Big Bopper, and we'll probably play uh, uh, Chantilly Lace, uh, that I think is a good one for him. So uh, right now here is uh, Peggy Sue by Buddy Holly. Then you know why I feel blue without Peggy My Peggy Sue Oh well I love you Gallus I love you Peggy Sue Peggy Sue, Peggy Sue Oh how my heart yearns for you Oh Peggy, my Peggy Sue Oh, well, I love you, Gallus. I love you, Peggy Sue. Peggy Sue, Peggy Sue. Pretty, 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 pretty Peggy Sue. Oh, oh Peggy, my Peggy Sue. Oh, well, I love you, gal, and I need you, Peggy Sue. I love you, Peggy Sue. I want you, Peggy Sue Peggy, my Peggy Sue. 
girl, and I want you, Peggy Sue. Oh, well, I love you, girl, and I want you, Peggy Sue. Hello, baby. Yeah, this is the Big Bopper speaking. <laughs> Oh, you sweet thing. Do I want? Will I want? Oh, baby, you know what I like. Chantilly lace and a pretty face and a ponytail hanging down. Wiggle in the walk and a giggle in the talk. Make the world go round. There ain't nothing in the world like a big-eyed girl to make me act so funny. Make me spend my money. Make me feel real loose like a long-necked goose like a girl. Oh, baby, that's what I like. What's that, baby? But, 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 oh, honey. Chantilly lace and a pretty face and a ponytail hanging down, a wiggle in the walk and a giggle in the talk. Lord, make the world go round, round, round. There ain't nothing in the world like a big-eyed girl to make me act so funny, make me spend my money, make me feel real loose like a long-necked goose or like a girl. Oh, baby, that's the one I like. What's that, honey? Pick you up at eight and don't be late. But baby, I ain't got no money, honey. <laughs> oh, all right, honey, you know what I like. Chantilly lace and a pretty face, ponytail hanging down, a wiggle in the walk and a giggle in the talk. Low. Make the world go round There ain't nothing in the world Like a big-eyed girl to make me act so funny Make me spend my money Make me feel real loose Like a long-necked goose And like a girl Oh, baby, that's what I like! The Big Bopper, Chantilly Lace, had a pretty face. Yeah, that's right. Uh, like I said, that was the Big Bopper. Let me pause this because it kept going. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, that was the Richie Valens, Buddy Holly, and kind of tribute to uh, the Big Bopper uh, remembrance for them. There's also one more song that was uh, written regarding that incident, and that was uh, by Don McLean, and it was uh, American uh, Pie. You know, uh, so bye-bye, Miss American Pie. And that song is kind of, you know, it's the day the music died. That's what he says in the song. So we're going to wrap up uh, the show with uh, that sh- uh, that um, song, and then we will... Uh, we'll go into our breaks, and that'll, that's going to wrap it up for us. So next week, we will be back at it again, uh, you know, November 14th uh, from 7 to 9 o'clock. From 7 to 8, we will have Marion Reddington from the uh, Attleboro Historical Commission. We're going to talk about some Attleboro history. We will talk about uh, the commission in general, what they, what their mission is, how people can get involved, and what they can do. And uh, she'll, she'll be in here from 7 to 8 o'clock. And then from 8 to 9, we'll be doing uh, song requests, dedications. And so if you have a song you'd like to uh, request, you can email me, paulo, P-A-U-L-O, at wraradio.com. Or next week, 
when I'm on, you can give us a call uh, for that portion. And uh, so, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for us. We're going to do uh, American Pie by Don McLean, and then we will uh, end the show. So, again, that's the next week from 7 to 9. We'll have Marion uh, Wrightington in uh, to talk about uh, Attleboro Historical Commission and then some Attleboro history. And from the, the next half, we'll have uh, just song requests. So here's Don McLean, American Pie. Enjoy. A long, long time ago I can still remember how that music used to make me smile And I knew if I had my chance That I could make those people dance And maybe they'd be happy for a while But February made me shiver With every paper I'd deliver Bad news on the doorstep I couldn't take one more step I can't remember if I cried When I read about his widowed bride But something touched me deep inside The day the music died So bye-bye Miss American Pie Drove my Chevy to the levee But the levee was dry And them good old boys Were drinking whiskey and rye Singing this'll be the day that I die This'll be the day that I die 